Welcome to In the Queue, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I'm Phil, and I'm a big fan of Palm Fritz. And I'm Andrew, and this room is bugged. Yes. Shh. Silencio. Rua, rua bitte. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're here. We're here. We're going to talk about a new film. Uh, it's it's a most wanted man. It's a, it's a spy thriller, featuring Philip Seymour Hoffman. And uh, before we get into it, we're going to talk about where you can find us in the, oh, in yeah. the universe. In the universe, where can you find us? Well, you can start on the planet Earth. We've queried Stephen Hawking. And he told us the following information. He yep. said you should go to www.in-the-q, it's letter Q, dot com. And that is where we post all of our shows. That is where you can find discussions regarding the films that we review. This is true. You can also find requests that people leave for movies that they'd like us to review sometime. Yeah. And we love those. And we will we do. We honor them. You can also go to our Facebook page, which is just, you can find it by searching uh, in the queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil, and there we also have our shows, we also have a forum for discussions, and on top of that, we post videos and other sorts of extra materials to sort of comment on the shows that we do in a fun way sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would agree with that. <laughs> Often in a fun way. <laughs> Sometimes exclusively. But not always. And we also are on iTunes. Just, uh, you know, do a search for In the Queue, Q U E U E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. You can download all of our podcasts for free. You can subscribe and you can have our new shows delivered to you as they are released every week. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's great. Well, good. I'm going to go subscribe right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. I, I'm subscribed, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, man. So we're going to talk about, as I said, Most Wanted Man. This is a new film that is based on a John Le Carre spy thriller. Actually, yep. one of his more recent novels. Yes. It, it was released in the past decade or so. And it takes place in Hamburg in 2001 um, after the September 11th attacks. And the story concerns a uh, half-Chechen, half-Russian immigrant who, who arrives in Hamburg. And he becomes a person of interest to a number of different parties who find out about him. Um, he is especially interested, interesting to an anti-terror group led by Philip Seymour Hoffman, who plays a a man named Gunter, who is the, yep. um, obviously a German character, and uh, they tr- they attempt to sort of basically capture him and 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 try and get him to uh, lead lead them to uh, further information about other uh, you know terrorist suspects, basically. So that's the that's kind of the uh, the general overview of, of of where it begins, goes on from there, of course. And anyway, so a most wanted man is. A fairly taut thriller. It's got mm-hmm. a number of really good actors in the film. Um, you've got Philip Seymour Hoffman in one of his last roles. Unfortunately, uh, he think he's great. I really was a, a huge fan of his character, uh, although maybe not always, you know, sympathizing with him, but still thinking that he was quite a compelling character, basically, which is what you know movies should be yeah. all about. 
Yeah. You got Willem Dafoe in the film as kind of a, a banker who was, whose motives I thought were a little bit surprising uh, yeah. in the sense that I was basically kind of thought because it's Willem Dafoe who often plays <laughs> shady characters that <laughs> that it would be a character who would be shadier than he actually turned out to be. Um, yeah. You've got some solid supporting roles. We, we were talking about Daniel Bruhl earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. He is kind of a smallish role, and then you've got a, some several, several German actors. While the rest of the actors are, you know, not, <laughs> uh, you've got several sort of German character actors who kind of play some of the smaller roles, who who add even more, more authenticity to the setting. I mean, it's filmed in Hamburg, uh, but these smaller characters do a good job. The only thing, and we we can open this up, of course, to to all opinions about the acting, but. The only performance I thought that didn't quite match up to the caliber of the others was Rachel McAdams as um, basically a, a, um, a woman who is, who's an activist trying to save uh, the Chechen ha- the, whose name is um, uh, Issa, Issa Karpov. Uh, she, was, yep. she was trying to, to sort of save him from, uh, from capture. But uh, I just felt like, to be honest with you, I think she was miscast. I thought that, oh, wow. yeah, I thought that she she definitely added a a lot of physical beauty to her role, uh, but um, I just didn't think that she sort of had the the same kind of uh, the gravitas. I was thinking the word gravitas, also uh, also kind of a, a chilliness, because this is this is German. The German characters in this film are are kind of hard in a way. And, and I, well, I thought for her she was she was a little bit kind of fluffy. That's interesting that you say that because I disagree. Uh-huh. I think that she was quite well cast and I think she was quite good in this role because it's the role that is, as it is described by Philip Seymour Hoffman's character Gunter at one point in the film, uh, she is essentially a social worker for terrorists. Uh-huh. So she, like, yeah, everybody else is cold because they're, they're playing war games. They're playing spies. They're, they have to be cold because they can't have emotions in their lives. She was the one who had to have that because that was her whole existence was helping people out of difficult situations. Certainly, though, she, these are difficult situations, as you say. And so she does have to have, a, you know, a certain amount of, of resolve, a certain amount of, you know, steel, steel will. And uh, I just thought that she was the only the only part of her her sort of performance that was that rang true for me was was when she gets captured uh by by gunther's team and and he confronts her and says that she didn't put up a fight and and uh she she could have she could have put up more of a fight but she didn't i just thought that she she didn't have i didn't buy her i didn't think she was tough enough to 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 play that character well i didn't i don't think that that character needed to be tough she just had to have a, a strong will and I think she did. I think she showed that. I think that certainly in the in the whole sequence where uh, they're coming to get Isa and she has to basically extricate him from the living situation that she set up for him, mm-hmm. uh, or or that she was brought into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whole sequence where they were running and they were they had to escape uh, Gunter, 
you know, first they had to shake a, a tail who was coming to them on the subway, and then they had to escape Gunter himself when he met them at the next. Yeah, but it was Isa uh, railway station. It was Isa who who was who was leading that that escape. He was the one who 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 stepped off of the train with her when he noticed that there was somebody tailing them. But only at that point. She was the one who instigated the escape, and then she was the one who led it all the way up until that point because she didn't realize necessarily that they, that they were being followed. He was the one who recognized that. Yeah. But then after that, when they were escaping Gunter, that was all her. Well, still, there's, there's just something about Rachel McAdams' warmth to me that, that was not in keeping with the, the rest of the sort of the, the, the very accurate portrayal of, of Germans, I thought. And, 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 and that whole milieu. I mean, I, I don't think she was. I feel, I feel like that's, a, that's an overgeneralization of German people. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a, a characterization of Germans that's not true. Like, it's like, sure, they were, they, the people in this movie happened to be Germans, but it also happened to be a movie about people who are cold and heartless because that's their job. I mean, Robin Wright was played an American in this film and was just as cold as heart and heartless as any German. It wasn't because she was of German descent or anything. It was just because that's the people that live in this world. And Rachel McAdams character is the only one of all of the main characters in the film who was not a part of that world. She had a whole different world that she lived in and it had to do with helping people and caring for people and getting them out of tough situations. What to, to get people out of tough situations, you have to be tough. And I just thought that she was not sort of uh, up to snuff when it came to, uh, you know, uh, she, she had to compete. She wasn't just a social worker for terrorists. She, she, it was a tough world out there, and she was a part of it, and she had to somehow navigate it. So I just thought that Rachel McAdams wasn't the best choice. I, look, I mean, she, was, she wasn't bad. I don't think she was bad. I just think she was miscast. I think that there could have been... A different choice, and I was thinking to myself, like, well, who would have been better? Um, you know, I was just sort of thinking to myself, well, uh, you know, Franca Potent, maybe she could have added more more credibility to this this cast, or you know, or I was even thinking Samantha Morton or some some other people who may not have been as like Nomi Rapace or something. <laughs> well, you say that so disdainfully, but I mean, I wouldn't have picked Nomi Rapace, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's, you know, you're, you're criticizing the movie that doesn't exist instead of the one that does. I, think, I mean, like you, you're also criticizing the one that does. I don't think but... there's anything wrong with, with, with saying what the film could have been because I'm, because I am criticizing what it is. I'm criticizing her performance or her casting. Uh, right. just, yeah. I just think that, um, she was definitely, yeah, not my choice, but, but let's why don't we let's talk enough about her. I mean, let's talk about some of the other performances in this film, like namely Philip Seymour Hoffman, who um, I loved. I absolutely adored. I adored everything about him. I adored his kind of mumbling German accent and his kind of general sort of the fact that he was always like perched on a balcony somewhere or on a street corner smoking a cigarette just kind of like they see it seemed like they would cut to a shot of him right after some kind of nefarious events just take place and he would just kind of be there (laughs) sitting like smoking and being like the vigil and like observing what happens next and keeping track of everything i thought that he all he he seemed like he was in control all the time even he when he was just ordering black coffee that's interesting (laughs) <laughs> I I did not read it that way at all. <laughs> okay, tell me what you think. <laughs> I re- I read it as him struggling through the entire film, as him him trying his best to keep control, but doing that with a very small team of people that he trusted and surrounded by people that 
hated him, that did not trust him, that he couldn't trust, and he had to exist in that framework. So he was doing everything he could to scrape by at every point. I think all of those shots of him on balconies or after big things happened, it all it was almost uh, there was almost a weight uh, that you could feel on his shoulders that he was just he was just worn down by this world. Well, yeah, this you know like all that kind of stuff. I didn't feel like he was so in control at all times. I felt like he was just barely keeping his head above water. I think he was weary, without a doubt. Yes, he was definitely weary. He was, that was just, you know, he's been beat down for a while, you could tell. But I still feel like, I feel like he was confident in the outcome. I, I, I just get that feeling. And, he, he, and one reason why I think that is because of his occasionally very flippant attitude, very flippant sense of humor about things. Right. I mean, he, you know, he would he would be engaged in these very serious matters, but yet he would still occasionally make a very sort of silly remark, and uh, and I think I think it's not surprising that he is kind of a his performance is a little bit tabula rasa because because he doesn't give up much really. I mean, he he doesn't give much in the way of how he feels, except you know maybe until late in the film but uh i just thought that he 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 always seemed to be sort of calm enough that i that i perceived it to be confidence oh i think the confidence was there for sure i don't think that there's any question about that and he played it as you say he played the role beautifully i think um as we've come to expect from the man mm-hmm. uh, you know it was it was a really fully inhabited character yeah but uh, but I I just had a different read on kind of the way that that character because like very early on in the in the film where we're told that he had a an operation that basically went awry mm-hmm. and he's been kind of disgraced and fled to Hamburg to kind of escape that disgrace or did he is sort of the the thing that Robin Wright's character kind of posits the idea that you mean you mean he he fled Beirut it's not that he had an op- he he didn't have like a a medical operation he he fled. You mean the no, operation? A, a, a made, spy operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you said he had an operation that went awry. So I just want to make sure everybody is is on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about like he had his appendix <laughs> removed or something. Yeah, no, gastric bypass surgery didn't work, so he didn't lose any weight. So. <laughs> no, um, yes, that's right. There is there is that kind of illusion, that backstory. It's kind of almost like a film noir element to the story. Yeah, where we know that he had a past and he's haunted by his past. And uh, and Robin Wright's character, Robin Wright, I thought was just merciless in this movie. Yeah, man. I mean, she was just, she was kind of, in, I was, I found her kind of intimidating, actually, the way she was uh, hounding Gunther as she's this, she's this American operative, basically, who's in Hamburg, and um, well, yeah, yeah. And this is this is sort of a, a new chapter, I guess, in her performance career because she plays. Similarly, kind of uh, uh, ruthless character on House of Cards, the the Netflix show. Exactly. Um, so uh, I think she's she's found uh, her her wheelhouse for this uh, portion of her career. <laughs> That's right. She's just going to be phoning it in from now on. <laughs> <laughs> no more Princess Buttercup. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, so as far as like the the spy thriller milieu goes with uh, a most wanted man. Mm-hmm. It was the kind of movie, as I was watching it, there was a moment in particular where I really pinpointed 
how the movie was 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 operating on me, which was with yeah. the Willem Dafoe's introduction as this uh, banker who uh, who uh, Rachel McAdams' character, whose whose name is Anna, I believe. Um, Anna is mm-hmm. uh, is trying to sort of get him to to give her some information that he's a little bit reluctant to give, but um, I I uh, I was really just kind of thinking to myself that this this character that he's playing is going to be some kind of an obstacle. He's going to be he's going to be he's basically the obstacle is the best term I can come up with from like a screenwriting perspective because he's going to yeah. he's going to stand in their way in some way. I don't trust him. He's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> he's led me astray <laughs> before. And uh and yet I've seen Wild at Heart. I know how this goes. Bobby Peru in the flesh. <laughs> and yet Willem Dafoe, we actually see him being kind of heroic and trying to sort of help this woman. Well, I think that that's a you're hitting on a major point or a major thing about this screenplay, a major thing about the I'm sure the source material as well, mm-hmm. the book that uh John Le Carre uh wrote. And that is uh, misdirection, just misdirection of, of the audience in order to uh, uh, subvert our expectations and, uh, and reveal yeah. new things to us. There's, there's a big sort of reveal. There's a scene between uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Rachel McAdams where they, he kind of reveals his uh, point of view, uh, heretofore unknown to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he sort of reveals his point of view and, and they sort of discover that they're kind of on the same side working towards the same end. Right. And, uh, and, and it's a, it's a major turning point in the film. And, uh, and I think that up until that point, we're bringing all of our, you know, despite some allusions to kind of the, the, what they might be thinking or the direction they might be headed. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're, we have our own conception of, you know, what terrorists are and what uh, they their motivations might be or, or what their background might be. Yeah. And then uh, it kind of does its best to subvert those expectations and redirect them. And uh, and it's really quite delightful. And and one of the ways it does that is by taking a character like Willem Dafoe and, and it's certainly a character actor like William, Willem Dafoe and who we know from so many evil roles and so <laughs> many, uh, you know, uh, underhanded creeps. Yeah that he's played in the past, uh, we almost expect him to continue to play that. And then they, they kind of gently veer off of that and lead us in another direction. And it's really quite delightful to, to have that, that discovery. Yeah. They do that really all the time in this film, especially here's another example. You've got a beautiful woman like Rachel McAdams playing all of her scenes for, for a long period of time with Issa Karpov, who's this very sort of damaged terrorist, um, uh-huh. And he, you know, they, they have a scene, he's got this big bushy beard and she's like, you have to shave your beard, you know, because they know what you look like. You have to fit in. And of course there's this scene when he shaves his beard and he still looks, and he looks kind of, you know, handsome and he looks, uh, he's, uh-huh. he's tall and, and you kind of get the impression that maybe Anna has a thing for the guys that she tries to protect sometimes. Uh-huh. And, and you think that they're gonna, you know, fall in love and get together and, there's a scene where they they have like a, a romantic moment, and he walks over to her. Just a brief moment. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the the first time that that it's been revealed that that there's some attraction or something, or at least maybe even just on or the, on or the on, first time that he's expressed anything. Real, well, actually, not actually the second time because there's a there's a, a 
when she hands over an item to him early in the film, he sort of holds her hand, and the and the shot kind of lingers on that for a moment. Yeah, what I was thinking of is the scene when he 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 crosses the room and walks over to her, and then she, I know. Yeah, and then he just basically like, rather than like grabbing her and and kissing her passionately, uh, he just kind of awkwardly brushes against her and then and then walks away. And he yeah, and he's this isn't this is another example where we're being misdirected where. You know, in in many ways, the spy thriller is is old hat. But here's an example of a film that really loves loves spy thrillers and loves the hunt and the mystery, but also knows the history of them and knows yeah. what we've already seen and and how to sort of tell the story a little bit differently. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It 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 reminded me of a couple of of these kind of movies uh, i was actually reminded in in some ways of uh all the president's men which isn't really a spy thriller per se mm-hmm. though it does have elements of political intrigue and that kind of stuff um but but in in that it was very little about running around with guns and chasing each other down darkened alleyways and stuff like that this was really about the actual mechanics of spy work it's methodical you know? Yeah, it's it's very yeah, it is very much about it's a it's not a particularly exciting film, really. But but then at, when it all gets wrapped up at the end, then that's when the the the, the power of it hits you. That's why that's when it hit yeah. me anyway, because it's like, wow, everything that we just saw for the past two hours led up to this moment. Yeah. And yeah. and and it's it's a it's kind of a. The, the the feelings that you get are are watching it are muted and that's why sorry to keep harping on the Germans and I'm not like I'm not trying to offend anybody I'm German and I've been to Germany four <laughs> times and I I I know the culture and it's you know German German films in particular um, have a certain structure uh, they're very much focused on on like the, the the machinations of the story and the Sort of methodical, the, yeah. like like you were saying, it's very methodical types of films. Right, there's not a lot of emotional outpourings, and and it's that's that's fitting to this type of a film, I think, and uh, and so when I was watching it, I was I was engrossed, also confused. I have to admit, I think it's <laughs> I think this is a confusing film at times. Yeah, um, yeah. But, Although I think it does wrap things up very tightly. It wraps things up definitely because because smartly. It wraps things up in a way that using material that you know we, we're fam- we're well familiar with. Yeah. Um, so there's not really anything that we can't understand when it when it happens. Um, and so so yeah, like I said, this movie it, it hit me all at once at the ending, and 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 Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think, I thought this is a great role for him. I thought it was it was uh, he really. He was the film. I think the smartest thing that the director did was was to stay out of his way, and mm-hmm. and to to concoct a film that really does play like a, a German thriller, a German movie, because it's just it was a uh, everything about it just kind of seemed authentic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought this was an interesting film for a director like Anton Corbine to make. Mm-hmm. He's he's a music video director, uh, yeah, that's or how he's, at least was for the vast majority of his 
career. He started out like a lot of directors who who've since gone on to to make feature films from from music videos. Yeah, and he and he's really a visual stylist and uh I actually was kind of surprised at how little of that style made it into this film. Yeah. And, and how kind of uh very dull the photography was in a lot of ways. It's, it's very drab and that's and like it's very desaturated yeah. kind of color palette. Um, and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's interesting because it started out, the opening shot of this film was fascinating. It was like the, the you're, you're looking at water and a sort of brick wall. Looks like you're under a bridge or, you know, in a harbor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you see just this sort of gently rolling water. And then it's giving you text over that that's talking about the, the uh, 9-11 attacks being plotted from from Hamburg and, yeah. you know, uh, how the the international and the German uh, intelligence community didn't want to ever let that happen again. Mm-hmm. So while these these titles come up and then as they're coming up, you see the water sort of really start to undulate and you know that there's something close by that's creating these waves mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Really interesting kind of visual motif, like right there at the beginning, the very, very cool kind of a uh, way to present information. Uh, and then we, we very shortly thereafter discover what it was that was creating those waves. Uh, we, we meet Esau for the first time. You know, we, we sort of get an introduction to these characters. A lot of really interesting shots of uh, this dock with all these abandoned cars mm-hmm. that I guess have come over from overseas, whatever. Really interesting, like very visually compelling shots. And then as soon as we actually get into the meat of the film, it basically abandons any kind of... Uh, sort of uh style stylistic choice and it just goes to you know shot reverse shot conversations yeah. and handheld camera and H- handheld camera throughout very yeah very much focus on i would say the the screenwriting i i yeah. would say that the acting is important but really it's the screenwriting it's the misdirection that that is really what this film where this film shines where it really um you know, I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of why it exists is because, and that makes sense because you're dealing with a John Le Carre book, so, yeah, so yeah. naturally the writing is going to be the strongest selling point of the film, and that's that's what it is. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that th- this, you know, not long ago we we talked about the film Under the Skin, yes, which was supremely stylistic, uh, pr- basically the other end of the spectrum from this. Both of them are visual stylists, but, you know, coming from a music video background, but on the, the one hand, you've got someone who used that style to create a very stylistic film. And on the other hand, you have somebody who sort of abandons some of that style to create, granted, a, a, a film with a very distinct look about it, mm-hmm. but not not what I would consider. I, I wouldn't look at it and say that was from a music video director. You're right. It's it's very interesting to think about too, especially when you look at some of the other great directors who came from from MTV, like David Fincher, who's like Jones. Jones, Michelle Gondry. Um, yeah. All these guys are incredible stylists in their movies today, just as they were in their videos. Yeah. But Anton Corbine. I really would be interested to see his uh, first film, which was about Joy Division. Uh, yeah, it's called Control. Control, yeah, and it, and it's supposed to, it's supposed to be more of a stylistic sort of treat, even though it's, it deals with you know kind of poverty and squalor and and lower lower class living. Yeah, um, but 
And to be fair, neither of us has seen The American either, which was the George Clooney film that came out a few years ago that uh, was another kind of spy thriller mm-hmm. uh, that was directed by Anton Corbine as well. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be real interesting to see where Anton Corbine goes next because it seems like he, there was a little bit of a s- surprise uh, knowing that that the man responsible for Most Wanted Man was was somebody who was, in fact, so much of a stylist. And you've got a film that uh, is really sort of much more kind of intentionally drab than that. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. So overall, uh, I would recommend the film. I don't think it's a bad spy thriller by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm a bigger fan of Rachel McAdams' performance than you are, perhaps. <laughs> Uh, but I think that all of the performances in this film are solid. Um, it's an unconventional uh, entry into this genre, um, certainly, because I, I don't think that we uh, see this kind of genre have so much restraint often. So I think it's worth watching. Yeah, and I think the restraint may be the surprise for a lot of people. It's not a slam-bang thriller, basically, that you that you may want to see. A lot of people go to thrillers expecting some kind of slam-bang type of, 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 of thrill ride. And a most wanted man definitely is much more restrained as as we've said. I, w- yeah. I would still recommend it though, especially for the cumulative effect that you get when the credits roll and you 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 just sort of really sort of take in what you've seen. And also, it's a great one of the great last performances of Philip Seymour Hoffman. So I recommend. Yeah, it. yeah, it's really worth watching for that alone, if nothing else. Yeah. So yeah, join us next episode when we talk about. Goon, <laughs> yeah. hockey flick, a hockey comedy from a couple of years back, uh, starring Sean William Scott. Yep, and uh, Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel, Allison Pill. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting discussion. It's one of our another one of our listeners' choices, and uh, and I think that we're going to have fun talking about it. So please join us for that, and we'll see you next time.